This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it is Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We're going to start things out here with uh, a special guest. Normally, we don't have guests on the show. It is a caller-driven program. But from time to time, I like to highlight people that have done uh, outstanding things that are worthy of discussion. And this guy certainly did that, though I don't know if he was intending to uh, to do what happened. Let me take you back in time before we bring him on the air here, uh, because this is not the most, oh, I guess, timely of interviews. We're, we're a little late on well, this one. Well, sometimes you can get a better perspective by looking at sure. things from uh, you know, a in couple the, of years ago. Yes, absolutely. Uh, great way to spin it, Mark. Uh, but we're glad to have him here now, and it's still, I think, a timely thing to, uh, to talk about, especially in, uh, as the, you know, the, kind of the police state mentality in this country continues to, to move forward. Uh, one man that stirred up, and, and I believe he had a partner involved, we'll find out all the details in a moment, but one man who inadvertently stirred the hornet's nest of the police state was a guy by the name of Zebler, and he is with us on the line, and it happened in Boston. It was a couple of years ago, wasn't it, Zebler? Are you there? Yeah, I'm here, guys. Nice to, nice to hear from you. Welcome to the program. Uh, when yeah, did the... about um, two and a half years ago or so. That I, I stirred up a, a big kind of pot of uh, oh no in Boston. You had you had innocently gone out on a, on assignment basically. I mean I I'm looking at your website which is which is zebler dot com and there, you've got a lot of experience a lot of art uh, kind of experience here. You're a VJ a video I guess that's a video jockey or video disc jockey. How would you describe yourself before we go back in time and and you know focus on that. Right now, I am a video artist. I finished an art school and uh, devoted myself to that as my career. It's a registered business. Uh, I have to pay taxes like anyone else right now, and it's a, it's a bit of a pain in the ass. But you know, I do what I got to do to to keep it official. I edit videos for people, and I also do a lot of audiovisual performances. We play in nightclubs. My act, uh, Zebulon and Canty Experience, has been traveling all around the U.S. Uh, within the last few months. So then, and, uh, so uh, are you are you for hire yeah. then? If somebody needs that kind of service, uh, you can help them with that. Well, it, it depends. I mean, they should really get in touch with me and see if they like what I do. If they like sure. what I do uh, and it's a good match, then absolutely, I'd that love to sense. be there wherever there's audience, and especially if we're getting paid. I'm not going to say no. Now, so so you and uh, another, I guess, an associate of yours or friend were hired to promote uh, Comedy Central product uh, a few years ago. What what happened? Give us the backstory. How did you get a gig first off? Yeah. Well, what happened was um, basically I was uh, I just stumbled upon a person who who designed the whole project for the Cartoon Network, and he didn't have anybody in Boston to put those uh, uh, advertisings up in. So he just asked me if I wanted to be involved. And for me, you know, you're looking at me, I'm somebody who really loves video, loves to make music videos, and um, Cartoon Network asking me to do a stint for them, um, I couldn't say no. So I said yes, and uh, I got help of my partner in Boston, Sean Stevens, and we got about 50, 55 um, light-up LED advertising uh, placards for, for the show on the Cartoon Network. Uh, they were <clears throat> they were flat and they had magnets in the back of them, and we just put them up all around the city. And they were designed in such a way that they would light up as soon as it gets dark. Nice. <clears throat> 
And for us and all of our community, all of our friends here, it was really innocent. It was something that we see in the arts world. We're familiar with uh, light-up throwies and uh, LED graffiti culture from New York City, so we really couldn't assume that somebody would misinterpret it for any, anything else. Sure, but, and for those that don't know what we're know, talking about, these are the uh, the light, kind of light, bright-looking boards that were advertising, and they had the Moonanite character on it from the show. I believe it's Aqua Teen Hunger Force, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, yeah, that's right. So uh, so the idea was these boards were going up in cities all across the country, and you were essentially the point man for this project in the Boston area. So this was happening all over the place, but for whatever reason, it caused a real explosion of a uh, situation. Or the, I guess it didn't cause it, but the, uh, the Boston police decided to cause it for themselves uh, by having a tremendous overreaction to this. So you guys went out around the city, and you placed approximately how many of these? You said 50 uh, just in Boston alone? Uh, 50. 50 or 55, as far as I remember. Mm-hmm. So you, you went out, you set those up, and then how long was it so before the, the splash was made? This is the equivalent uh, of, of posting, like, uh, elec- electronic handbills. I mean, you're really no different than putting up little posters and, and that kind of thing, right? Oh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, whenever you walk by a store and you see an LED advertising or, or a neon sign, it's basically like one of those. Okay. But, uh... It, it, I think it was about two or three weeks before this whole thing um, started, and that's that's mm. another thing that's so ridiculous for me is that, you know, nobody really cared for two or three weeks, and then all of a sudden <laughs> one concerned citizen made a complaint or or an observation, really, what it was, to uh, to a police officer, and all of a sudden they went into a protocol. Uh, Boston police have a protocol. If they see something with batteries and see something with wires. Their protocol requires them to explode it, no matter how ridiculous that might be. And especially it was ridiculous because everybody who was, you know, under 30 basically knew what those things were and could have told the Boston Police Department not to waste their money. Sure. But instead they, they went ahead with this huge, let's shut down Boston campaign. They shut down Storo Drive. They shut down Charles River. They shut down uh, I-93 South. And it was all happening around me. It was a, one of the craziest, craziest life experiences that I've, I've been through. Oh, don't worry, Zebler. It wasn't their money. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was the Boston citizens' <laughs> yeah, no, money. I understand. <laughs> That's I why understand. they don't care. <laughs> yeah, they, they'll this was, spend it. This was two and a half years ago? Yeah, yeah. I remember when the story broke out. It doesn't seem like it was that long ago. Time flies. Wow. So so it just started blowing up. You, were, you said you were in the midst of it. So you were in the part of the city that they, uh, they were shutting down? Uh, yeah. The 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 sign that caused all the panic was actually right down the street from me, mm-hmm. and in the weirdest twist of fates, I w- I was down there to to check out what was basically we all got woken up by my roommate's girlfriend who was freaking out on the phone. She was saying that on TV she's saying um, our area is about to get shut down because of a bomb scare on the subway, yeah. and that we should all get into our cars and drive up to New Hampshire and save ourselves. <laughs> but but instead of that, I couldn't really believe it. It seemed like really incomprehensible thing to happen in this neighborhood so fast. For some reason, it just didn't click as the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. So I went down there to check it out, and I got to see with my own eyes as they exploded one of the Moonanites. Oh, my gosh. And after, after that, yeah, that's exactly what I thought. I, I thought, oh, my God, you know, what do I do? My first reaction was to call <laughs> the people who hired me and tell them to get in touch with Boston Police Authority. Yeah. And... Strangely enough, this is how it all turned out. Uh, I thought I was protecting myself, and I recorded my conversation with my with my boss, telling my boss, "Hey, listen, there's this big problem. They're shutting down the city. You need to call Boston Police Department and tell them what's going on." 
And later, when the prosecutors were trying to prove my guilt uh, to the public, they pulled it as a threat maneuver to me. They compensated my laptop, went through every single file on it, and they found this recording, and they said this to my lawyer. They said, technically, this helps to show his innocence, but because he didn't get permission of the person he was recording, we will prosecute him for the oh, violation gosh. of the wiretap law. And he can have, you know, multiple years in jail based on yeah. that alone. So, yeah, our plea bargaining was pretty intense with the prosecutors in Boston. Hmm. Wow. What a bunch of scumbags. I didn't realize you guys were, uh, you actually ended up facing uh, criminal charges. I, for whatever reason, thought those were dropped. What were the charges they ended up uh, trying to hit you with or did hit you with? Um, it was pretty ridiculous, kind of. They, they charged us with uh, placing a hoax device and disorderly conduct. Mm-hmm. Oh, they love that one. Any any time you yeah, do something, they, love, they don't they like. They were latching that one on, on yep. everything. And the thing is, neither one of them were were true. Really, we were doing a, a job we were hired right. to do by a legitimate company, and we were never uncooperative. We, uh, as soon as the police co- contacted me, I I told them everything for for hours and hours at a time. Well, this is what the police do. I mean, it's their job to uh, take warm bodies and put them in the, into jail cells. And it seems to me that the more people talk to the police, the more likely they'll be uh, charged with a crime. And you think that you'll be okay if you try to help them, but it's not necessarily, uh, it doesn't always work out that way. Zebler, hang on, all right? We're going to bring you back, continue this discussion, because one of the things that I thought was really worth highlighting was the, the news interview that you guys performed, which I thought was particularly brilliant, I'm sure you recall. So we'll bring it back here in moments. Yeah. Hang on. 800-259-9231. Zebler is on the line. If you've got a question for me, welcome to dial in. That's about the Boston Mooninite bomb scare thing. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. And if you've got a question for Zebler, our special guest right now, your call will be given priority. So keep that in mind as you dial in about anything. Again, 1-800-259-9231. Inviting you to our website, we have archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, they're all right there on the front page of the site for your downloading convenience. Uh, So enjoy those on us at freetalklive.com. And from creating new and old media to political action to civil disobedience and market-based activism, you'll find more pro-liberty activism than you ever imagined possible when you move here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Learn more at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. We bring back Zebler from Zebler.com, that's his website, and uh, you're, you're kind of like a, a, a video art guru um, pr- professionally, uh, but what, you'd been, what you really um, made a, sm- a smash, if you will, uh, in the news about was uh, this whole Boston bomb scare controversy that happened about, uh, as you say, two and a half years ago. As you and a friend or a partner of yours were going around the city putting up 50-plus uh, Moonanite signs, which lit up when the sun went down, and were essentially LED boards with batteries, uh, battery compartment. They had magnets on the back, and you put these up all over the city. They lasted for about two and a half, three weeks before one person called the police, getting all paranoid because there's all these no- uh, notices around whenever you're, you know, like if you're in Washington, D.C., I don't know if they do this in Boston, but they might, uh, this kind of uh, paranoid 
paranoid terrorists around the corner mentality. If you see something, call. Uh, that kind of stuff is going on everywhere. So someone saw the Moonanite uh, sign, didn't know what it was they were seeing, and for whatever reason thought a lit up sign that was placed somewhere was a, a threat. They called up the, the cops. They came out with a bomb squad. You were in the neighborhood as they started shutting everything down around you, uh, just amazed that this uh, response was happening to, to something that you had done. And uh, and then you know they blew up your sign. As you say, the, the cops have a policy that if it's got wires sticking out, they blow it up. And I personally believe that's because cops just like to blow things up. Uh, but you know, that's, that's my personal belief system. What's, uh, I want to get to the news part of the story where you guys had your news conference because I thought that was particularly brilliant. But was there anything in between the uh, the hubbub that the the police caused and and the uh, the news conference that you want to share with our listeners? Yeah, I, I definitely do. I think it would make it a little more clear to your listeners why I went with the with the interview and why I did it the way I did it. Um, basically, I was uh, sort of instinctively drawn to to my friend's house in Arlington, which is a suburb of Boston, because he was a lawyer and he was a good friend of mine. And I've been calling my bosses, trying to tell them to take care of it over and over again, uh, getting reassurances from them, by the way, that they're in good communication with the city, mm-hmm. which turned out to be not true. Uh, while in Arlington, uh, the, the police located me one way or another, and uh, we invited them into our house, and I had a two-hour or so interrogation right there. Within those two hours, I gave them locations for every device, I gave them the list of everything that was sent to me, the the names and the the dates of everything happening, and explained to them in 10,000 different ways how harmless these devices are, that they're really kind of uh, works of art and advertising versus anything dangerous. Sure. So after all that, they literally just threw me in jail after explaining (laughs) to them for for hours what happened and put a $100,000 bail on me. Wow. Now, was, so, was there someone that was associated with you doing this, too, or was it just you? Well, there Zibler, if, if they didn't throw you in jail and give you $100,000 um, a bail, then they would have just been some dummies that blew up some electronic signs. You know what I mean? Right, right. There was a lot of trying to cover up the embarrassment by, by Boston officials, and that, that was actually the hardest thing for me to fight because they were fighting for their own honor, and they just couldn't look like idiots to normal people, so they had to find... A scapegoat. They had to find a way to punish me. Well, for, I, well, they, I don't know. The, Zebler, they already look like idiots yeah. to normal people. It's to the other cops that they uh, they want to look uh, professional to. Well, I was going to say, I don't know how well their PR campaign worked in Boston, but I can tell you they uh, they look like idiots up, well, up the here. Well, within the next month, they blew up their own uh, mailbox, I believe. Or was it a phone? Or oh, was it, it, a, was a, it was a traffic counter. So they had their own hardware. Was, it had wires and, and seemingly a power supply, so they blew it up as well, and it was one of their <laughs> own devices. Right, it's their own traffic counter. Now, did they throw any bureaucrats in jail for putting that thing no. out? No. <laughs> when you, when something happens in the free market, though, they've got to throw somebody in jail. I saw one of these signs in a picture, and it's obviously like this cartoon character. He kind of looked like he was shooting a bird, I think. Right. I guess that's one of the reasons <laughs> yeah, why people were scared, because he was flipping the bird, right? Was right. That the like it's some kind of dysutopian thing out of the Joker and the Batman. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> Maybe that's it. People are watching too many Joker movies. I don't know. So, Zebler, question uh, before we get to the interview thing. Uh, you did mention a plea bargain earlier, 
and I didn't ever really realize what that what had come of that. I wasn't even aware of it. And so they were they were trying to get you with uh, planning a hoax device, which obviously was not your intention to hoax anyone. You were doing an advertising campaign, and then the the ever favorite disorderly conduct. But you said the prosecutor threatened you with a charge of wiretapping because you'd recorded a phone call with your boss in this case, and they'd found that when they'd snatched your laptop. Of course, no proof that they actually that he did it in the jurisdiction of Massachusetts, unless uh, Zebler uh, confessed to that. Yeah, I don't I don't know, but so they threatened you with that. What was the plea? What was the ended? Uh, uh, the result of the plea bargain. How did that uh, work out for you? Oh, basically, um, my my situation and my situation. I wanted to be a little more careful, just because I generally want to stay stay on uh, on the good side of the government, the good side of the of the um, you know being a legitimate business, um, and also because of my immigration status here. I just wanted to be careful, and as much as I love speaking up for freedom. And speaking of for my own rights, the way they were they were trying to nail me down for the crimes I haven't even committed. They were trying to say that they had videos of me spraying graffiti in Boston, and you know, a normal person would potentially believe it. But I never do graffiti at all. Like I, I was not afraid of that. I wanted to take them to trial, and my my friend Sean, who was arrested with me, wanted to take them to trial. But ultimately, it came down to this. You know, maybe we can do some community service in the city of Boston do some good for some people, and the charges would be dropped. And that's kind of what we ended up with. I did about 80 hours of community service, mm. although I ended wow. up going way over because I got into it. I was painting a mural for for um, treatment of handicapped children in Boston um, Rehabilitation Hospital. Gotcha. Um, and, uh, you know, that was the, the deal that we ended up with. I did a bunch of community service, and I had to do an in-court apology. The, uh, did they, so you got found uh, not, guilt, uh, not guilty, acquitted, the tra- charges were dropped? I mean, how did it go? I, I think the legal uh, term is no process. No process. Mm-hmm. Okay. Excellent. Okay. Great. All right, just, I just wanted to clear Congratulations. That up. I've got to say, that that's about <laughs> the best darn uh, outcome you could have had, and it, it makes my heart feel good that that's what happened. Well, I mean, I, you know, I wish it, it was. It makes me feel pretty good too. I, th- I think the judge—it was clear to the judge that the thing wasn't going to go anywhere. And even though he looked like a conservative judge to me, it was pretty clear that he wasn't buying the prosecutor's side of it. Well, that's good. That's good to know. I, I just wanted to get the, the details there. I mean, obviously, uh, I, I don't—I don't wish that they had forced you to do anything because you never really did commit any sort of crime. But this is the system that we're in, where they just make a bunch of crap up, throw it all up against the wall, and then they try to cut you a deal. Uh, you know, to, to make some of it stick. I want to bring you back. You've got you've got a little more time, right? Yeah, I guess we'll talk to you guys. All right, great. Thank Let's you. talk about the interview here in a moment uh, because this, I think, was the, the the icing on the entire cake. <laughs> it it was. was absolutely brilliant, and I want to find out, uh, see if we can pull it up maybe on YouTube and give people a simple instruction so they can actually go and see this because we don't have audio from it, uh, so it's definitely worth a watch. More on the way here with Zebler. Your calls as well about anything. Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up whatever you want. If you've got a question for Zebler, he is with us, and you're welcome to dial in with that as well at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can join us online. FreeTalkLive.com is the place to go. We've got a wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. Just go to wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive there. WIKI.freetalklive.com. Zebler.com is his website. He uh, is Zebler, one of the two men who was arrested and charged with planting a hoax device in Boston. You might remember the story from a couple of years ago. Some paranoid uh, nutter in the streets called the police because they saw a sign with a Moonanite character from Aqua Teen Hunger Force, which is a cartoon network animated television program they uh the Moonanite character is flipping the bird in the sign and so i don't know if that made them call more than anything else who knows what was going through their mind at the time but they thought it was some sort of bomb or something scary so they called the police the police came in and decided they were going to blow it up because they couldn't be certain what that thing was so they went and they blew the thing up and then uh the zebler was uh, arrested i don't know if i'm telling everything in the uh, the order that it actually ended up happening but it made national news. It made the Boston police look like a bunch of jerks, and they probably are. And so uh, we've actually got him on uh, the line with us to tell us the story. And so after all of this stuff bubbled uh, bubbled up, you guys held a press conference. Now, who called this thing? Was it you? Who who put this together? Because it was absolutely brilliant. Uh, I gotta say, it was me. Basically. <laughs> I, I got a little bored in prison. Um, I got a little boiled up as well. I was pretty mad at the way the whole thing turned up. I felt like they were really blowing things out of proportion. And I also knew that the news media were going to jump on that story to, to continuously talk about fear and fearful messages and, mm-hmm. you know, to try to drive up the ratings even higher. And I just couldn't help myself. I tried to come up with a way to diffuse everything, to make it seem... To make it, um, to make people realize what, how silly the whole thing really was. Um, so as I was pacing in, in my holding cell inside the courthouse with my legs and my arms shackled with my, um, my friend Sean Stevens, um, I, I just, I knew I had to do something. I wanted to talk to the media and a lawyer categorically told us not to talk about our case. <laughs> so it just, it just led me to this thought. Okay, what can we talk about? <laughs> that will diffuse this whole situation and make people realize how ridiculous it is. And we just decided to talk about something as far away removed from the case or anything political, anything at all, to make people extremely confused and finally realize how ridiculous this whole thing is through through that. You definitely, so you definitely accomplished that. This massive media, there was a ton, a ton of media all around us. The, and, there were, and the thing I didn't know at the time was they were broadcasting us live uh-huh. on Fox <laughs> On CNN, for about 10 minutes, uninterrupted, my press conference was broadcast live. Wow. And you can actually check out uh, documentation of the whole thing on my Vimeo page, which is uh, a YouTube-like uh, page for videos. It's Vimeo slash Zebler. You should find me there. Okay, cool. But So we went, went out, and literally we agreed to each other to talk about nothing but haircuts in the 70s. And this was the whole thing. For 10 minutes or so, the media tried to break us and tried to get us <laughs> out of the case. And we just refused. We, we 
wanted to have a conversation with the media completely unrelated to the case yeah. about haircuts in the 70s. Yeah, they kept throwing hardball they kept throwing hardball questions out at you and no matter <laughs> yeah. what the question was, you took it and turned it right back around into 70s hairstyles. Right. I mean, uh, there's one simple answer for that. That's not a hair question. Yeah. <laughs> We're only taking hair <laughs> questions today. That's not a hair question. Today. I'm sorry. I'm only taking hair questions. It was amazing. Uh, and, and, and so, so Zebler, wait, it was Vimeo.com slash Zebler. Also, on, on probably any video sharing uh, website, you can search Aqua Teen Press Conference, and that will bring it up as well. So um, it's just something that's well worth a watch, especially what I thought was most brilliant about it was that typically when um, somebody gets busted for some non-offense that the government considers right. an offense. You know, whether right. they it's make a, a quick apology yeah. and they walk away. And I just felt like there was no need for an apology. There was no need for me to look meek. I right. have not done anything wrong. Absolutely. If I had done something wrong, yeah, I'd feel guilty, I'd feel bad, but I have not. So the the best way to show that you haven't done anything wrong is defiance. You know? It's it's the best way out there. And and you, comedy. You, you it's not, it wasn't just to be afraid of. It wasn't just defiance, Zebler. It was also comic at the same time. I mean, you were having fun. Hence <laughs> uh, me trying to diffuse the situation a little bit. Even and, in the threat of make people understand that it's not a big deal. Right. In the, in the threat of jail time, a lot of people would be uh, taking this very very seriously. And you showed that this, you know, even though you are facing some sort of punishment, you still aren't taking their their process seriously. And you made as light right. of it as I, you possibly I'm just could. Trying to show weaknesses. And in, in the legal system, ultimately, like, yeah, I knew I could face jail time. I knew I could probably even face worse things for that. Uh, I mean, there, there's still people really mad at me in, in the Boston area. But the truth is, I love all my neighbors. I'm a good-hearted person, and I have not done anything wrong. Right. So I just wanted to show it through, through my absolute certainty um, that, you know, I'm a free man, and I will remain a free man, despite of, you know, what people will try to make of me. Well said. I want to go to a phone call for you here. Craig is on the line. I think you've, uh, Craig, do you have a question for Zebler in Kentucky? Craig. Craig, are you there? Craig for Zebler? Going once. Violation. Um, was that a specific law to Massachusetts? Uh, you, you got cut in right there in the middle of your sentence. Could you run that by him one more time, Craig? Okay. They said, he said that they were going to uh, prosecute him for a violation of a wiretap law. Okay, he was a participant in that conversation, and uh, I was wondering, you know, O.J., they convicted O.J. on taped uh, audio evidence, mm -hmm. and uh, do you see where I'm going with that? You're, you're wondering if it was, uh, if Massachusetts is a two-way state and that both parties must be aware of the uh, the recording? Is that what your question is? Well, Craig? see, uh, the wiretap law is for a uh, recording of two uh individuals that uh, don't know they're being taped, isn't it? No, it depends. It depends on uh, the the governmental jurisdiction uh, that you find yourself uh, standing in. Uh, some states, they only require that one side knows about the recording, so you could be the side that knows. Uh, but a state like, I know, New Hampshire, for instance, where we're performing this radio program, uh, both sides must be notified. And I don't think consent is necessarily required as much as notification is required. Like, if you were to say... Uh, Craig, I'm recording this call, and you continue. And Craig, we are recording this call. And, and actually, yes, there's, con there's considerable precedence <laughs> to back that up, too, because if you've ever called in to a customer service line or something like that, it says this call may be recorded. Yep. It doesn't ask you permission. It doesn't give nope. you the opportunity to stop. It's You hang up if you, don't want, if you don't right. want that to happen. Exactly. So, Zebler, are you familiar with that? I mean, I, it seems to me that it's probably a two-way state based on the prosecutor's threats. Your thoughts? Um. My thoughts is that they were not actually going to, um, in the long run, 
use that against me because it would just make them look ridiculous. Um, uh, I I would have witnesses to back me up saying I did the right thing, and uh, the phone call literally showed that I did the right thing by by um, telling my bosses what happened immediately. So I feel like it was a, a bluff card, but it was one of those bluff cards that you know if you're really not sure and somebody's threatening you with a few years in jail mm-hmm. and they seize your laptop with with the evidence of that, um, you know I had to pay attention to it and. One of the biggest weapons I had um, in my hands was Boston did not want to look ridiculous anymore. Craig, thank you for the call tonight. Uh, Go ahead, Zibler. Sorry about that. Yeah, and one of one of the biggest uh, weapons I had was was uh, the Boston already looked ridiculous to to the eyes of the world, and they just wanted this whole thing done and over with as as soon as possible. How did they get your laptop? Did they raid your house or serve a warrant or what? Um, It was kind of funny. It just happened to be there with me oh, uh, no. when I was uh, answering their questions uh, and when they were interrogating me in my friend's house for two hours. They were asking me for really nitpicky details about, yep. you know, locations or everything and, you know, proof of me being hired by the company. And I had the laptop with me with all the emails that the company sent me. So I was checking the emails to, to tell them, wow. uh, you know, everything. And at that point, they said uh, they'd like to take it from me. And I asked what my <laughs> options were, and they said, well, we can either take it right now, and this will look good for you, or we can uh, wait a little bit and get a court order to, to take it from you. But yeah. we'll, we'll take it from you either way. Would, would you say that things, that things would have gone... Actually, darn it. Can we keep, uh, keep you on for one more segment, Zeb? Oh, yeah. All right, hang on, dude. More with Zebler here in moments. Your calls, if you've got one, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Hey, if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live... You can shop with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. And it's at no extra cost to you. It's the same old great Amazon prices. It's just that uh, we get a percentage of their profit. So enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and get your shopping done. That's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. We have uh, artist, uh, video artist, uh, guru guy, Zebler with us. Zebler.com is his website. And he really is, uh, you know, somebody that's normally just kind of behind the scenes, from what I can tell, uh, in, as far as your career is concerned. You put together videos uh, professionally. And you got a side job working for Comedy Central, excuse me, Cartoon Network, uh, where you were putting up these Moon Knight signs in Boston and part of a, an advertising campaign for Aqua Teen Hunger Force was going on across the country. Somebody decided to uh, be scared about this LED light-up board, and they called the police. The police came out, shut down a good chunk of the city, and made a real big deal out of this. And they decided to arrest you and charge you with a couple different things. Uh, you took it very lightly and were very cool about the entire affair. In fact, you held a, a press conference, which, as we talked about, was absolutely brilliant. And people can find that on uh, any video, probably any video sharing website, by searching for Aqua Teen Press Conference, where you guys were talking about 70s hairstyles and your dreadlocks uh, for, a, for a few minutes uh, with, with the press. So it's, it's great stuff. 
and we were in the midst of, uh, I guess, discussing the the fact that the police managed to snatch your laptop because you had done what you thought was the right thing. You went down and decided to answer all their questions, and you brought your laptop along with you so you could pull some information up while you were there. And that's when they decided to steal your laptop from you uh, and then search through it. Uh, search through it. That's uh, how they discovered a phone call of yours between you and your boss that apparently the boss didn't know he was being recorded, and so therefore they threatened you with wiretapping charges, just being just being generally mean and nasty. Would you say, Zebler, that you'd have been better off not talking to the police in that instance? I think it would have been the same result, really. Um, uh, ultimately, there was no crime committed, so um, I really didn't have to tell them anything, and I could have just waited until I got a lawyer and had my lawyer talk to them instead of me. And... Um, I, I think I think what was really moving the gears behind the entire process was not the police even. It was the bigger political players in Massachusetts. Really? Um, people really got burned by this. They didn't want to look stupid. They wanted to have the city get compensated. And, by the way, the city did get compensated pretty well. Uh, the Turner Network, which is the parent network of the Cartoon Network, paid the city $2 million as a result of this. Wow. Uh, so the city was well compensated, overly compensated for the entire thing. Did Everything it? got paid for. And for one reason or another, they just couldn't let me go. They wanted to um, sort of cover up their own egos a little bit by mm-hmm. trying to find a way to, to punish me, at least symbolically, so that the public who elects them into office is somehow satisfied with that punishment. Let's look on. I want to look on the uh, you know see if there was a brighter side to all this. I mean, obviously you kept pretty uh, pretty up spirits throughout it. Obviously the the news conference showed that despite the fact that they were trying to scare you and intimidate you, which is what they do. You didn't put your tail between your legs. You stood tall and you stood up for what you you believe in. And and I think that's the most notable uh, noteworthy part of the the entire story. But what happened uh, with your career in the you know video production field? Did did this help your name get out there and get you some extra jobs? Did you did you see a, a boost in you know visits to the website or, or possible hires that uh, that you had after this um you know i'm i'm still kind of the same it was it was really funny about a year or so afterwards um ap did an interview with me uh where they were they were trying to their editorial point was that my career is soaring as a result of that but they they called all of my all the people that were employing me, and they didn't even know about the incident. They thought, huh. you know, I was just a great video guy, and I made awesome videos, and that's why they wanted to hire me. And they were surprised by by those questions. However, the AP didn't want to give in their editorial point and <laughs> latched onto the words like, "Oh, I wouldn't mind making a profit out of this. I'm not seeing any, but I wouldn't mind." And they they spun the whole thing around and make it made it seem like I was making money from this, where in reality, you know. I live in an artist loft with a bunch of other artists, and we work really hard every day to try to make um, make our living happen. Hmm. And we'll probably keep keep doing the same thing. Well, it's uh, it's excellent. Uh, you've you've done an amazing job, and I, I'm glad you've come on the show here tonight. Was there any other part of the story that you wanted to relate that maybe I didn't ask you about, or that we didn't get a chance to cover? Um. I did a brief stint uh, later as well on some uh, some media networks. I went on Fox News. Uh, I went on a few other networks. And uh, I think I was just trying to make a sneaky point. For example, I went on Geraldo Rivera show mm-hmm. on Fox uh, channel. 
and I wore a T-shirt that said "Fear" in big red letters on it, and also wore a fake mustache to give congratulations <laughs> to Geraldo. Uh, he I, does have an amazing I think mustache. Not a lot of people know about that, but they can also find it in the entire documentary. I have like a uh, a brief documentary compiled from the news media bits about me mm-hmm. on my Vimeo page, which is vimeo.com slash Zebler. Is that linked anywhere? Just a qu- question. Is that linked from your website as well, zebler.com? Um, if it's not, I will do it really shortly so okay, your cool. listeners can really easily find that clip. Excellent. And how did it go with uh, with Geraldo? It was really confusing, kind of. Uh, we were we were on opposite sides. We were doing sort of like a, you know, I was in Boston and he was uh, elsewhere recording everything uh, to go on air, and uh, he he was having a really hard time with my name, and we, for the first part of the interview was extremely awkward, and somehow somehow we ended up getting our points across, but it was one of the most awkward interviews I think, not. You know, not anything that I do necessarily, but at the same time, I feel pretty ridiculous. I have this fake mustache on my on my face. <laughs> uh, I had makeup artists apply makeup to my fake mustache, not saying anything about it. And here I am on on Geraldo, you know, about to go live. It was it's pretty hilarious. I love it. I'm definitely going to uh, to look for your. So you put that doc, you cut the documentary of your clips together uh, on your own because that's what you do, right? You do video production. Yeah, I, I'm a video artist, and I had a bunch of people approach me um, to to do a documentary, or a bunch of people approached me for for interviews later. But the tr- truth be told, I, I just feel more comfortable just putting. Uh, all the news media clips together in one place where everybody just can go and see it for themselves. And, um, yeah. Very cool. Zebler.com for anybody that, like you said, you do a lot of uh, club video work and uh, stuff like that. Uh, right? Yeah, me and my friend uh, in Canty would do a lot of uh, club dance performances where we, we really try to push it into the new 21st century kind of. Uh, we utilize three projectors to project one extra large uh, video image that is completely synchronized with surround sound music that's uh, hopefully making people dance and reflect on life all at the same time. It says here you've got the ability to create complex multimedia from scratch, including video pre- and post-production, 3D modeling, high-level audio recording and editing, interactivity, web and graphic design, managing event production and execution, live video performance. So, uh, I don't know, maybe we can get you a client out of this interview. People uh, that might be interested in uh, Zebler's product services should head over to Zebler.com. You've got all kinds of samples and, uh, and resumes and stuff like that. It'd be there. better for them than the darn Boston PD did, I can tell you that. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, that's great, guys. I very much appreciate it. I just got back from a U.S. tour with uh, with a band from England called Spangle, and uh, you know, right now I'm looking for new gigs. So if something comes my way, I'll I'll be glad to accept it. Zebler, I want to thank you for taking the time out. Uh, like I we talked before the show, and I said I don't know how long this is going to be. I didn't know if it was going to be 15 <laughs> minutes or if it was going to be a full hour, but it really uh, you did a great job, and uh, it's a very interesting story that you have to tell. And uh, glad it you know could have worked. I, I guess it could have been worse what those uh, people in Boston did to you. So glad you're not in jail and moving ahead with your life and your career. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, I, and it was a pleasure talking to you. Keep up the great work out there, and thank you for the call tonight. Thank you for uh, being on the phones. All right, Zebler uh, was with us. Zebler.com, his website. Cool, man. Uh, that's, I mean, that, that guy's heroic in in my book. I mean, for especially because he didn't turn tail. He didn't put his tail between his legs and uh, sheepishly apologize like you see with all these, you know, like a celebrity that gets caught with marijuana in their purse at the airport or something like that. Uh, Any old time somebody who's got some 
public level of prestige gets busted for something that's completely harmless. And it sounds all... very insincere, of course, because, oh, you well, know, yeah. they get oh, they get caught, and then it's, it's not something they really felt guilty about, but then there's this big deal made about it, and then not, they feel compelled to apologize for something for whatever reason, they know wasn't wrong. Yeah, so. I mean, for whatever reason, they're worried about how they'll be perceived. I mean, people like... Uh, what was the swimmer? Michael, whatever Phelps. The, what, did he end yeah. up apologizing for that? Did yeah, he, the, the, I think he just had a, a drunk driving incident. Something I heard just briefly on the news uh, a couple of days oh, ago. Oh, really? It apparently uh, had a drunk driving incident or something like that. A surrounding. I don't know the specifics. Please don't, uh, um, you know, take my word as uh, as news on this one. But I just thought it was great. Yeah, that he Zebel- apologized. I blogged about that. Sure, he did. Zebler stayed strong. He stood tall for what he believed in, and he had fun with their process by, you know, having a basically a fun press conference and go and see that video when you get a chance it's uh, it's worth the watch hour two's coming up you can bring up anything this is free talk live attention all active duty members and veterans of the u.s military your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special va loan programs with benefits not available to the general public like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live, hour number two here. We are launching into it, and we'll take your calls about anything. 800-259-9231 is the number, brought to you by SACL CAI. That's 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Those other talk show hosts want to charge you for accessing their websites. Ours we give away at freetalklive.com. Right into your phone calls about what you want. It's Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee on the amp line. Hey, Gene. Hi. Before I get into uh, how the Muslims are trying to overpopulate the world with Muslim babies by having multiple wives, I wanted to make a comment about your guest. Um, That's why people need to go on YouTube and see that clip from that lawyer that says never talk to cops. I assume if you just do a YouTube search on never talk to the police Mm -hmm. that you'll probably come up with that clip. It's in two sections. The first section is a lawyer talking about why you should never talk to the police, and the second section is an ex-police officer telling you why you should never talk to the police. But anyway, if this guy had never talked to the police, I'm sure things would have turned out a whole lot better for him. That's the way it sounds. I mean, they never would have been able to to grab his laptop uh, as they were able to when he was there with them. They just decided to confiscate his laptop because he brought it along with him. And then they, you know, they at one point confiscated him. So generally, from my observation of all the stories and the people, you know, that we've talked to, people that we've uh, discussed with over the years... There is no real good reason to talk to the police. Uh, you know, if Never. you 
I, I must say that uh, also it doesn't it doesn't seem like that it really uh, it generally turns out particularly well. They say, oh, we're going to go easy on you if you talk, but they don't really seem like that's necessarily the case. The case no, they're going to go after somebody, and if you talking to them gives them the idea that you're the big fish in this particular pond, that you're the one they're going to go after. Yep. Even if, and you know Zebler looked like a pretty big fish, I guess, to them. And he I, didn't know when he was recording that phone call that it was illegal to do that, so he thought he was completely innocent. And this is another example of how a lot of people who believe they're in the right, and they are, I think you're fine. If, I, I don't think it's anything wrong with recording phone calls, but the government bureaucrats do. So you thought you were doing things legally. You thought you hadn't harmed anyone. You walk in there, and they decide to just dis, just discover a crime. They make up a crime. Oh, well, this is wiretapping, so now we've got you on something. And so he had no idea. Had he known that, I'm sure he wouldn't have brought the laptop in with the with that phone call on it. But how is how are you supposed to know what all the laws are? There's no way to know if you violated their rules. Right. And so the best way to avoid them knowing what rules you violated is to keep your mouth shut and to uh, to not talk to them at all. Right. And all those points, all those points and more are made in that video much better than I could ever do. So I would suggest everybody check it out. Um, now, I was talking to a pastor friend of mine the other day, and he expressed the very common fear by a lot of Christians that Muslims are going to take over the world because they have multiple wives. And I thought about this for about three seconds and shot that argument down. I said, you know, it's not how many wives you have that determine babies in the world. What is, determines the number of babies in the world is how many children a woman can put out during her childbearing years. And since half of the population, pretty much, is female, if, if, if one man has ten wives, that just means nine men have no wives. There's no way to, to change this equation by simply putting more wives under one roof. Yeah, sure. You still can only put out as many babies as the women are able to put out. It doesn't matter how many wives are ma- matched up with how many guys. It matters how many babies can come out of each woman in a given t- time frame. So it's silly to think that just because they have multiple wives that they're going to put out more babies. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah, that particular math doesn't work. However, I would say that it's uh, it, it is it is true that uh, poorer people have uh, more babies than uh, more wealthy people, and on a global scale, this is this is also true. And so, and generally, people in Muslim countries uh, don't make as much don't make or have as much money as people in you know, Western countries. So they're more likely to have children, and they're therefore more likely to you know propagate their religion in that manner. Well, and they're more likely to have. Uh, uh a high degree of uh, infant mortality, too. So sure, that's going to negate some of those children. Some, and, but not all, by well, any Well, wait stretch. a minute, Mark. I mean, have you actually looked at them? I, I understand you're speculating, but have you looked at the numbers between the Middle East and the United States, poor, poor areas of the United States, as far as the amount of babies that you are pushing out? Per, I imagine you can get quite a few babies if, if you look at a trailer park. I mean, there's probably a lot there, of babies. There probably are, and all I there. said was uh, that it was based on poverty. Yeah. I don't know whether the Muslim religion encourages people to have more children. I would suspect it does, um, just simply because you know women are uh, treated as essentially baby factories. But um, I, I, I wouldn't speculate uh, as to whether our poor people are having more kids than theirs or, or whatever. I think it should just be taken on per capita. Well, I'd like to hear from a Muslim as to what a Muslim would say to these accusations by Christians. And I know you're not making them, Gene, but to these uh, these fear-mongering accusations. Mark is definitely right about poor nations putting out more babies. And that that's true because the white race is definitely 
not replenishing themselves as fast as the brown race and the black race. But uh, that said, it really has nothing to do with whether somebody has more than one wife because uh, yep. you still are limited by the number of women. Yep, that's true. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's and the same, it's the same with a cow even herd. With Muslims, even with Muslims, only the rich Muslims have more than one wife. The poor guys... They can't afford more than one nope. wife. Most of them can't afford one wife. They're, they're just fighting the wars for the rich guys, um, and yep. you know that's the whole. Well, that's one of the whole purposes is to weed out the male population is for for you know is the purpose of war. Um, but if you look at a cattle herd, you don't want to have one bull for every cow. Uh, you're going to have just as many calves from one bull for every twenty, thirty, forty cows. I don't know how what some rancher would would know what the specific number is. I don't know what the specific number is. But you just take the steers and you. You cut off the parts that uh, would make them into bulls, and and you just sell them for hamburger. Yeah, you know, the, well, that's what they're doing. Uh, they're they're sending those boys off to fight, uh, do suicide bombings, and make hamburger out of themselves, so that the uh, the rich Muslims can have more wives. That's probably part of the uh, part of the equation there. Maybe so, Gene. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate it as always. Let's talk to Xander in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live, Xander. Wow, it's hard to follow that up. Um, <laughs> Thanks for taking my call. Uh, it's been really entertaining in the last few days. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, as, just to follow up on what Gene was saying real quick, uh, you know, I don't think we really have anything to worry about unless they declare frickin' uh, crusades again or something like that, but... You know, that's just my yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I mean, we've had Muslims call this show before, and they don't seem to be people that want to take over the world with their belief system at the threat of violence. They, I think... Well, you have someone with extremist views, and I find that what 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 often happens is they take the their whatever their religion is, and they find justifications in it for what they're doing. That does not reflect upon the religion, really. I mean, there's I, I think the huge, vast, vast majority of Muslims uh, don't fit those stereotypes at all, and there's just a few people who are very vocal and very visible and and very I mean, out there who are. Finding justifications in their religion. I see Christians do that. I see sure. Muslims do that. So and, the fun, it's really the fundamentalists then that we're talking about when those accusations. I, I are think made. it's even it's even. Uh, I, I think that's not that's still too broad of a of a of a term. I think even saying a fundamentalist, I, I don't even know that 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 they would still, you know, um, the 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 violent um, the, the the stereotype of the violent Muslim. I think is. Is is I don't even know if the fun, if a fundamentalist Muslim fits that. You know, I, I don't either. I don't I, know I, enough I, about it. I, I I couldn't tell you either. I would, however, um, say that uh, the that we sort of propagate that we create more of these violent Muslims by simply our foreign the, the foreign policy of the United States government. Um, you know, I don't have anything to do with this particular foreign policy. I don't want the United States military over there. But it, it's it's pretty clear that you can um, that if you have some nut out there saying the United States is the great Satan, they want to they want to kill us all. They're they're terrible. They're awful. We need to have a jihad. If you have somebody like that, they're going to make a heck of a lot more sense to the guy who just had his uh, you mm-hmm. know mother killed um, in a bomb or, or or his brother. I mean, even if you his brother brother killed, even if it was in legitimate uh, battle with the American troops, you don't really care when it's your brother. You know, you're yeah. just you you just it's, it's the recruit. people who did it. It doesn't take very many of them to be a problem, and that helps them recruit. Right, and yeah. absolutely, you don't need to convert too many terrorists if they're doing these suicide bombs. You can't protect against a suicide bomber. Xander? Oh, I got, that's all I got on that. I know you had <laughs> something else you wanted to talk about. Hang on, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Coming up. 
New Jersey, one of the uh, cities in New Jersey looking at an adult curfew. You don't hear about these happening too often in the so-called land of the free, but maybe you'll start hearing about more of them. Also, your calls about whatever you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Shrine of Female Listeners is one of those features. Dozens of ladies have sent us their photo or video that proves they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. If you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are training in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients too. It's SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's on the right-hand side of the page at the very top. It's SACL CAI. All right, our toll-free number here, again, is 800-259-9231, Patterson, New Jersey. According to the Associated Press, curfews might not just be for kids anymore in one city in northern New Jersey. Officials in Patterson are considering one for people of all ages. Of course, the exception of government employees, I'm sure there will be no curfew for the police themselves. Uh, But for all ages, uh, it will be the first of its type in the nation to include adults. And I'm actually kind of shocked by that. They haven't had a curfew anywhere else before for all adults. Uh, I would think during disasters. Yeah, I think I think there was a, an Alabama town that had one for a little while, but I guess they're talking about yeah for for non-disaster circumstances for just simply crime excuses or whatever their excuse is going to is be. This is just going to be ongoing. Is it for a certain period of time? It says that it's uh, until somebody stands until enough people stand up and say no thanks. Yeah, it's apparently to bid. It's in a bid to curb violence after a spate of deadly shootings. So, because some people were shot, now everyone's freedom is uh, is going to be restricted, or possibly they haven't passed it yet. But if uh, if it did happen, it would last for two months and would bar people from loitering outside from midnight to 7 a.m. Violators would face up to a $2,000 fine and 90 days in jail. Officials are still working to make sure the plan can withstand legal challenges. And if the city council passes it September 1st, a second vote and public hearing are needed for it to take effect. So maybe it'll go through. Maybe it won't. And the legal challenges, um, even the fact that they're working to see if they can withstand, shows that we have a very broken legal system anyway. The idea that they would even be able to get something like an adult curfew passed is just absolutely bananas. You know, it won't happen in New Jersey, unfortunately, but this is the kind of thing, this is a prime case for civil civil disobedience. Absolutely. Uh, For people to say that you cannot travel freely if you're peaceful... that's you, you. You're a slave in your house. Are you well, kidding me? <laughs> it's saying you're not allowed to loiter, which is one of those things where the police will decide whether you're loitering or not based on whether they like you, right? Yeah. So if you're traveling from point A to point B and you've got dreadlocks and maybe kind of a, a, a tie-dye shirt on, they might decide that you're loitering. Uh, right. Or maybe if you're walking down the road while black, uh, they may decide that you're loitering. So who knows uh, how they'll how arbitrarily they'll end up enforcing this law. But it doesn't seem unbelievable that something like this could happen because they do have curfews around the country for young people, for people under the age of 18, teenagers, people younger than that. 
They aren't allowed uh, out after a certain time of night unless they are driving from work to home or home to work or something like that. And these are in existence across America in various different places. And it's another example, in my opinion, of kind of a a rephrasing of the old Pastor Martin Niemöller uh, poem from back in the, uh, the 1940s during World War II. You know, first they came for the teenagers. And nobody stood up because they're a bunch of punk kids, right? They shouldn't yeah. be allowed out at night. Well, now they're going to come after everybody. And then there's no one else left to stand up. But Because most people in New Jersey aren't going to do civil disobedience. No. They're, they're not, people in America don't have the, the civil disobedience mindset. And I think that's a real problem with, uh, with Americans today is they're so docile and they're so obedient and they're so willing to just do whatever it is the, uh, the men and women that are mostly, mostly completely uh, strangers to you. These men and women calling themselves government decide to hand down some arbitrary diktat and they'll just go along with it, you know, just like they do in all the airports. Just like they do whenever they're demanded to do something, cops show up to their front door, they just go and they open it. Even though, as we've pointed out so many times, probably be better off not answering the door uh, for the police. Zebler, our guest from the first hour, probably would have been better off not going down to talk to the police. Doing what he thought was the right thing ended up getting him in hotter water. So people Could sh- be. People should. Uh, they, they wouldn't have gotten his laptop otherwise. Maybe so. So uh, people should take a look at a law like this and immediately start considering instances of civil disobedience and let let them know. Let these government bureaucrats know that you go ahead and you try to enforce this and we'll get more and more people out uh, at night loitering. We'll go out and loiter in front of the police department or something like that. Yeah. That's the appropriate response, yeah. not bowing down. With cameras and, yes. and don't let them do anything secretively. That's That's the trick to it, I think. You know, on the theme of the police, since we're talking about them here and uh, the issue of what happens when you, uh, when you get in touch with the police, that they'll look for something to arrest you for, escalate a situation that dealing with the police in many cases makes things worse. I wish it weren't that way, by the way. I wish the cops were actually investigating real criminals, investigating real crimes, and, and focusing on stuff like murder and rape. But that's not the world we live in, so we have to be very careful because... And not looking at every single person as a potential criminal... Right, and not treating people like criminals until they actually have evidence that somebody is doing something, well, criminal. Uh, but the, here's a story out of Chicago about a lady who thought she was doing the right thing by calling the police, as so many people have done. It's a family situation. Some family members getting maybe a little out of control, a little out of hand, whatever you know, the fight is going on between two, two members of the family, and you think that you can bring the police in to help mediate. You think you can help bring the police in to have a talking to uh, your young person in this? And we've had uh, we've had people bring the police in. Uh, I remember the, the story I remember most has to be out of Florida, where the grandmother called the police because her grandson had taken her car out for a joyride. And instead of just dealing with that situation when he came home, as he inevitably would have, she called the police. They took him in. They took him to one of those uh, camps for kids where they where they forced juveniles to go to for rehab or boot whatever. Boot camp kind of thing. Boot camp, and they killed him. Bo- the boot camp guys killed them. Yeah. Killed him. So, uh, and here's another death. Uh, Marilyn Foots thought that her son had left his troubles behind when they moved to Chicago suburbs from the West Coast about 18 months ago. Now she's convinced she made the phone call to police that cost him his life. This from the Chicago Tribune. Foots' only child, Spencer... 23 at the time, had come home Saturday morning agitated after he had been arrested for drunken uh, drunken driving, she said. He became hysterical, punching a wall. Frightened, she called police. 
A short time later, her son was dead, shot by a Libertyville police officer. Investigators said Spencer Foots pointed a gun at officers who had responded to the call. Now, that appears to be true, uh, that this man had indeed a gun in his possession. Whether or not he pointed it at the officers well, is I, another question. Did you, um, yes. But he I, was not threatening his mother with a gun initially. Right. And, it's, he happened to have a gun. Um, absolutely true. And I think that, uh, did you hear the, the cop who called in, I think it was uh, last Saturday or the Saturday before, you know, he was. Uh, he said that the the police officer that in that the responded in the uh, the case in Boston with the uh, black college professor. What was his mm-hmm. name? Gates. Yeah. Um, it, it had every right to come into the house because Gates, when he was going to get his ID, may have been going to get a gun. Mm-hmm. Now, what does the officer have on his hip? A, a gun. gun. Now, why is it that the citizens should be less armed than the officers? Officers are not. Uh, they don't see enough guns, unfortunately, in the hands or in on the hips of regular citizens. And when they see one, they have a tendency to overreact. Just a gun, just a gun in the immediate vicinity of a citizen is yep. a huge, huge deal to most police. Officers. Time to kill somebody. Right. More on the way here. You take control. Bring out anything. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show and you can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Oh, and by the way, uh, one of those features on the website is our live streams. Uh, I guess that's more than one. But several features uh, are the live streams. We have the broadband version of the show, a dial-up version, and a webcam version, all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Ian. Uh, Mark, have you seen have you seen the uh, Lakota Nation silver rounds? I wish I had been able to hold one in my hand, but I've seen the photos of them online. I have had them pretty. in my in my hand, and I have to say that it's from the Free Lakota Bank. I mm-hmm. have to say they're one of the most beautiful one ounce silver pieces I've ever seen. They, um, I've, I've, you know, I've seen the the the, the Liberty Dollar, very beautiful coin. The Lakota, very beautiful coin. It's up there as far as I'm concerned. Top uh, top three or three coins I've seen. Um, you can, I guess I'm not supposed to say coin, round. And <laughs> you can get one right now for $19.70. It's cheaper than you're, you're going to get it uh, on eBay or any place. You can go to, uh, what, what's the website? Um, silver.freetalklive.com. Silver.freetalklive.com. And it's coming from uh, Midas Resources, uh, you know, the, the co-company of GCN. And uh, they have a very special offer only for Free Talk Live listeners. I actually picked out the coins that we're going to offer. Oh, and really? Okay. I did, yeah. It's, um, and I, I happen to, I like this one. It's beautiful. It's got an Indian on the front. Um, and I'm not sure if it, he's dressed exactly like Lakota Indians would be, but he's got like the feather. Looks like he, an Indian. Yeah, yeah he, he looks very he's, Indian to, to my uh, yeah. uh, you know, white butt. And uh, it's got a very beautiful uh, buffalo, on, buffalo the on the back. It's, it's a great coin, and you can't get them anywhere for this kind of price. $19.70. It's Cheap 
for a premium coin like this? He called it a coin again. I, I don't know if there's anything wrong with calling it a coin. All I know is that back in the day, I'd, I'd heard that the, the government doesn't like that very much. I don't to know. me, a coin is a, a, a you know circular it's, piece of metal. I yeah. think it's. I guess it has a legal meaning, and so it's not yeah. technically a coin. All um, the lawyers that are listening yeah. can kiss my okay. butt. <laughs> I, I won't bug you about it again. I right. don't really care. So anyway, go to uh, silver. If someone arrests you for saying coin on the air, then that's just going to be good publicity for us. <laughs> uh, there's also a toll-free number for people who want to take advantage of it that don't have a computer. Um, then can't go to silver.freetalklive.com. Go to, uh, the telephone number is 877-857-9938. It's 877-857-9938. Now, to get the special price, you do have to mention Free Talk Live. You do. Okay. Very good. So that's silver.freetalklive.com. And there's also some gold pieces on there, too. We'll talk about those, I guess, over time, right? All right, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. He was 23 years old until he was shot down by Libertyville police officers. Gotta love that town name. Uh, It's in the Chicago area where a lady, uh, Marilyn Foots, called the police on her son. He was upset after being arrested for... uh, a drunk driving charge. A drunk driving, which was weird because apparently he was taken home after they arrested him. They didn't take him to jail. They took him home. Doesn't usually happen when you get arrested for drunk driving, but nonetheless, it did in this case. So uh, he was upset. He banged on the wall, and she decided to call the police, thinking that they would help the situation. Right. And a lot of people do believe that the police are the best people to call for uh, situations where somebody might be escalating to to violence, they might do something. They uh, might do something a little crazier in the next few minutes. They're they're scaring me, but really, what it seems to be um, is that the police aren't trained any longer to de-escalate a situation. What they're trained to do is actually, in fact, escalate it to the point that they can then take care of the situation With by violence. either right by either uh, tasing the person, shooting the person, dragging them off to jail, or whatever. They don't have the skills. It seems they're not being taught the skills to hey, calm down. Let's, well, let's they don't get off out. on that. I mean, some of the cops look. I'm not. Pay- I don't want to paint them all with this brush because they know that's not the case. But some of them get into this uh, business of law enforcement because they get excited by chasing after people and shooting and killing and uh, you know some of them are coming over from the military and that's some the reason why many of them joined the military in the first place was so they could kill and kill legally and they I've know certainly that they can... sat there and talked to a young man who said that he was going in the military because he wanted to kill people yeah sure sure he's not unusual and so then they move into law enforcement after their career in the military and they take that same mentality into law enforcement so she was worried her son was suffering from some some uh, some sort of psychotic episode. Father had some history of depression, and uh, there was a divorce when they were t- uh, when the son was two. She said, "So I stupidly called the police." Foots is questioning not only her own judgment but also police accounts of the first officer involved shooting in Libertyville in 30 years. She disputes officers' reports of where police were in the, of where police were in the house when her son was fatally shot. But even Foots concedes that her son was clearly drunk and agitated when he entered their Libertyville home that morning. He had been pulled over for drunken driving when he was on his way to pick up a friend from work. The police dropped him off at home, and the police would not. Uh, return phone calls for comment to the newspaper. When he punched the wall, he had started to say, I can't do this. I can't do this. Officers Alex Cardona and Brian Pletcher were the first to arrive at the at the home. And then according to their police chief, they walked upstairs and found Spencer Foots in his bedroom, lying on his bed with a gun in his hand. 
Cardona and Pletcher backed out of the bedroom and Foots came out onto the second floor hallway still holding the gun. Cardona shouted for Foots to drop the weapon, the chief said, but the officer opened fire when Foots pointed the three five uh, the three fifty seven caliber handgun toward the uh toward two other officers downstairs on the first floor. Cardona fired two shots, striking Foots once in the lower left back. Huh. Shot him in the back. How'd that hmm. how'd that happen? If he was pointing a Oh, he was pointing a gun at some other officers, allegedly, so he, this one cop apparently shot him in the back. It probably could see really well where he was pointing the gun to. Uh, Cardona and Pletcher backed, uh, excuse me, Marilyn Foots insisted... Right. I get the impression that they they were in, you know, they went into the bedroom where this guy was, and they both backed out. I mean, how how else would this go? That's what it said. Uh, Foots insisted that she was alone on the first floor when she heard gunshots from right. upstairs at this 6 a.m. This is the way the story falls apart. The officers said they backed out, um, they went downstairs, the, the guy followed them with a gun, and in fact, they, um, the mother says, no, they didn't. She says she was downstairs, she called the cops, she just wanted the situation de-escalated, and it looks like the cops went into this kid's room... This twenty, this young man's room. He had a gun. He was drunk, and uh, you know, obviously not very happy with his life at that moment. Mm-hmm. And they shot him because they saw a gun. And right. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but the police just don't see enough civilians with guns. Wait a minute. And this they, is where this whole William Kostrick thing comes back wait, into play. You can get to William Kostrick in a moment here, but just a point of the the information here on the story. They were on the second floor. They went into the bedroom. He was lying on the bed with a gun. Their story is they walked out of the bedroom. They did not go back downstairs. Okay. They backed just out of the bedroom, so they were still on the second floor. They claimed that he came out of the room and then pointed the gun or raised the gun toward uh, what were supposedly two officers that were downstairs. So the guy, the officer that shot, that did the shooting was on the second floor, claiming he was pointing a gun at one of his buddy officers, while mom says there was nobody else downstairs with her at that time. Oh, that's what that's how I understood what uh, what I just well, uh, I read it, too, and I got something different out of it. But she uh, insisted she was alone on the first floor when she heard the gunshots come up from upstairs. She said all four police were upstairs. So if he was aiming the gun downstairs and that's what the officers were saying, that he was pointing it at two officers downstairs, he could very well have been dropping the gun as ordered. um, And, you know, his his movement looks like it's going towards the down, you know, the downstairs. If you're on a landing or something like that, that just the movement it takes to drop the gun could look that way but i you know i don't i There's, don't know i wasn't there for that and i don't like to speculate but what um what i c- can hear from this is the mom who called the cops um who was scared of what her son was doing is saying look the cops were lying here mm-hmm. this is not some what's um, new this is not some lady in some trailer park here this is libertyville and this is a high-end neighborhood mm. this lady is uh, you know i'm sorry unimpeachable she's unimpeachable and the fact is, um, she's her story disagrees with the officers, and it it, it it just isn't that far in America here where she will be sent to some re-education camp for dis- denying what um, these these uh, bureaucrats say. For betters. The fact is, she's going to be completely ignored. These officers are going to be said uh, be said to have done exactly what they were By supposed the to do yep. because clear. every time you see a civilian with a gun, you need to cap him. Uh, That's what these guys are taught. All right, there's more on the way here. I know Dale has something to say. Short on time. More coming up. Your calls as well. 800-259-9231. A little more to the story. Also, it's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up whatever you want by dialing toll-free at 800-259-9231. 
That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Again, you can bring up anything that is the point of the program. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, and if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as $3 a month. And it makes a big difference for us when you join the AMP program because you know we give you the features on the site for free. And it does cost money to give you things for free. So there is that. Plus, we'd like to get Free Talk Live on more radio stations around the country so more people can encounter the message of freedom and analyze it and hopefully embrace it eventually. At the very least, they'll be entertained by this program. Uh, so head over to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll get perks You'll get access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are there at amp.freetalklive.com. Well, Mom called the police because her son was uh, pretty upset. He'd been pulled over early in the morning for drunk driving, dropped off at home, uh, was pounding on the wall with his fist, upset. She was concerned he was having a psychotic episode. So she called the police, and she now regrets it as so many people have. So many people who have called the police in this country over the years, and I'm sure it happens around the world, expecting that the police were going to come and mediate, that the police were just going to come and, you know, make sure the situation was A-OK. But that's not what happened. The police showed up, and by that time, her son had um, grabbed a gun and was lying on the bed. The police left his room. They were on the second floor. Two cops left his room, he comes out, they ordered him to, uh, to drop the gun, and he, the police claimed, raised the gun at two other cops that were downstairs. And it was at that point they decided to shoot him. Uh, they shot him in the back. Uh, one bullet hit him in the back. And mom says that's not how it worked out. She says that's not the story. She says there was no one else downstairs. She says she was the only one downstairs at that time. And the only uh, the cops, all four of them, were upstairs. Now, Mark, you had said something about um, mom there that Dale, I think, wanted to take issue with, and I, I think I agree well, with Dale. Well, the immediate story. impression, the way he said it, it, was that it sounded like you know she's more trustworthy because she's not poor. You know, she's in a nice neighborhood and everything. Well, and that bothered me a little bit. But let's I don't explore know that, it. Um, yeah. Do you really? I mean, what what is your opinion on the difference between well, this is Libertyville in, uh, in near Illinois. Chicago? near Chicago, and uh, the difference between the, the same call in Liberty City um, near in uh, Florida. I mean, now you're talking about two entirely different neighborhoods with similar names. Um, if the cops were called in Liberty City, you know, I, I kind of get the impression uh, that, that, that uh, the income strata, it seems to me, sort of relates to how people get along with the police. The respectables in Libertyville... You know, they usually don't expect the police to lie or um, to, you know, to to act poorly towards them. These are, after all, the people who really do pay their sure. paychecks. Sure. Yeah. Whereas the people in Liberty City have every expectation that the cops will, uh, you know, treat them poorly and are therefore likely to, um, you know, lie in order to get the uh, the cops in trouble, perhaps, if uh, something didn't really happen. Uh, you know, I'm just saying they have a more adversarial relationship with the police yeah. than the the lady in Libertyville you, you get well, what I'm I think that I think they know that the, tr- the 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 they can't trust the police, which and that just to me it seems smart. I I trust know. any mom. I mean, yeah. I don't care what income strata she comes from. What if uh, the mom is the police officer? I mean, I mean, in the in a in a situation oh, so like this, so it's a this, mom who's not wearing a badge. In a situation <laughs> like this, where the police shots um, some mother's kid, 
Uh, I trust what the mom is going to say over what the police are going to say any day. I don't care if she's living in a trailer or if she's living in a mansion. You know, I, I, police want this reputation, and they constantly promote this reputation that they're, they're these, these heroic figures, you know, that they're, they're putting their lives on the line to protect sure. innocent people. But I feel like... Uh, actually, this is far, it's beyond a feeling, but they're trained. You know, you've got to keep yourself safe. You know, you you got to make sure you're, you're safe first. And 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 they're not really trained to be heroic. I don't think. I think they're trained to cover their own butts. Officer and, safety, and, sure. And 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 that really is their job. Don't take that job if you don't want to go to, to put your own yourself at risk to protect innocent people. Well, and and I think that that this is the case where they where they're like you know you know they just they, where they like like Mark said they see a gun and they freak out. You're, they're supposed to be exercising restraint even if it means putting themselves at some risk. You know, I agree earn with you. this heroic reputation that you want to have. You know, Absolutely. I think that this is the the bigger problem here is I fully do believe that the cops are not telling the truth whether they're lying or not. I don't know. They may not know. But if the mother says the cops weren't downstairs, I believe her in this instance. But I think that the biggest problem here lies squarely at the feet of a bunch of pansy yellow Americans. The ones that said um, that, oh, I'm not going to carry guns around. This is, uh, you know, it's uncivilized. These these officers are here to protect us. Why should we bother carrying guns? The, the fact is police never see citizens with guns anymore. Mm-hmm. Guns Guns to them mean this guy's Colonel. a bad guy. I can yeah. shoot him, the, and that has that, that's that's where it all went wrong, and that's why this William Kosdrick thing is so important. I believe is that to show that people can open carry, that it's completely within their rights, that they're completely uh, you know being peaceful people, and that there's no reason to shoot them. And the, and the man who was inspired by William to carry a gun to another uh, rally, who happened to be black and was uh, was accused of being a white racist. Um, by yes. the media, that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> fascinating. It's, it is fascinating because um, they didn't, they wouldn't show. If you're him. carrying a gun, you're a white racist, even if you're a black man. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So, uh, it, yeah. So, and he, and his, his comment, if, and I, I'm, I'm doing this secondhand, so I apologize. I won't get it exactly right, but his comment was, I can't, I carry a gun because I can't carry a cop around with me. Hmm. So. The rest and, of the story here is that uh, when mom demanded to know what had happened to her son, the officers would only say they had called for an ambulance. She says, I thought they'd winged him. I thought he was going to the hospital. I didn't know he was dead. These guys aren't trained to wing anybody. I thought he would go to the psych ward and get some crisis counseling, she said. She said she expected police to give her a ride to the hospital to visit her son, but instead she was taken to the Libertyville Police Station. Police kept her in the dark over the next several hours. Booth said as she demanded answers from detectives with their major crimes task force, she says, I kept asking, what happened to my son? Where's my son? I need to know what's happening with my son, she said. They didn't even take me to the hospital. They're busy getting their story straight. Yeah, I should have been at the hospital with my son, but they were intimidating. I thought there was no way they would let me sit there if he wasn't okay. Officials from the task force didn't respond to requests for comment. Why should they? They don't have to answer your questions. They've got your money, and they'll get it again next year. They're they're making sure she stays in the dark and can't and can't you know be ga- you know she might be gathering evidence to show that something right. really went wrong there. He might and be able to speak his last words. They murdered me. Yeah, yeah. You know they don't yep. want that. They don't want her to get an MP3 of his last words so that she can take it in front of a jury and run these guys up for the lies they told. After about 10 a.m., uh, Marilyn. If they did Poots- the right thing, there shouldn't be any reason to cover up they, they're like cockroaches they hate the light Marilyn Foots signed a written statement about the shooting two chaplains from the trinity church in uh, nearby told her that her son had died so she had to find out from not even from the police 
He'd been pronounced dead at uh, almost 7 a.m. in the morning. His blood alcohol level was .25. Oh, my God, he was lit. And uh, according to the state's attorney, the office will ultimately rule on whether the shooting was justified. Said all four officers reported two were upstairs and two downstairs when Cardona opened fire. Even if Ms. Foots was correct that all four officers were upstairs at the time of the shooting, he said that still might not change the fact that the officers believed their lives were in danger well, not, and were well, justified. Not their lives, um, the lives of the officers downstairs. You know, maybe the two officers upstairs. And this I can. Kind of see a little bit that they might have thought this. I don't think that the man. Uh, I I wasn't there, so I don't know what it looked like when he was trying to drop a weapon or you know swinging it around. He was lit. He might have just been trying to lean on something for God's Who sake. Who knows? The state's but, but attorney. Really, the, the the trick here, the, the 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 things to take away from this is, cops aren't used to seeing guns, and they're not shoot, going to help you. They shoot people when they see them, and if you call the police, you better have a darn good reason. According to the state's attorney, we still have an extremely intoxicated person yep. pointing a weapon at police officers. Ms. Foot said she's concerned more with the loss of her son than assigning blame. She says, I can't get my head around this. I called for help, and this is what happened. My son is lying somewhere dead. He just started a great turn in his life. How could it go so wrong? You know, we have the technology here to uh, put cameras on police officers. Uh, you know, the, these guys wear headgear in most of the lines of their duty. Um, and I don't know about that. Well, fine. That they there's all kinds of gear these guys wear. They could they absolutely sure have a camera on the front of these officers. They have all kinds of gear. It would be very easy to do such a thing. And it should but be they publicly don't want accessible. That. Any anybody should be able to yep. go and say, "I want the video from this incident," and well, they better that's produce it. Happen. Well, they yeah. they can have that um, <laughs> it right won't now. Happen. You're right. It would it would be a simple matter to just you know make a cell phone these, uh, you know uh, uh, application like Quick um, where it would be loaded to the internet. Sure, sure. But Mark, they're but never going to do that. Those are innovations that would only come out of uh, market based competitive situation and the government police have no incentives to they, do anything like that. Exactly. They're gonna Why brush would they want to lose their, their They're going to do they the have. same thing they always do. They're going to brush this under the rug and they're going to go on with business as usual and this woman's going to either stay in town and keep paying property taxes or move somewhere else and pay property taxes to some other criminal gang. Hour three's on the way. You bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. It is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those. Uh, Again, freetalklive.com. And don't forget to visit Dale's website, anarchyinyourhead.com. A uh, brand new comic just hit within the last, what, 28 or 24, 48 hours or so, Dale? Yeah, I got it last night. So, anarchyinyourhead.com, uh, great liberty-oriented comics for the Internet world, and occasionally appearing in print in uh, various different publications, hopefully more over time. Also, some uh, great essays by Dale himself. You will find all of that and more at anarchyinyourhead.com. 
All right, so we're going to go to your phone calls about whatever's on your mind. And unscreened caller, you are on the line, on the amp line. Hello there. Hello, this is uh, Keith in Connecticut. Keith, what's on? uh, A recent trip to Keene and uh, about the goals of civil disobedience. Okay, certainly. Go ahead. All right. uh, I was actually uh, up there for the trials for Nick Ryder and David Krause, if I'm remembering those names correctly. These are two of the Um, disorderly six. Uh, There are two gentlemen who decided to remain in a public court lobby when they were told they had to leave as one of their friends was being tortured as he was being arrested in another room. He was screaming uh, at the top of his lungs, and they decided they wanted to stay there to try to monitor Observe, yeah. to try to try monitor the situation in what was supposedly a public court lobby, uh, but they were arrested for disorderly conduct. You actually came out here to visit and, and saw that tri- those trials? Uh, yes, they're actually uh, up visiting, just kind of getting familiar with the area. We're intending to uh, move up. In about two years. Oh wow, great! But uh, as a consequence, I looked on, uh, looked up on Freaking and found that that was uh, one of the events happening that week, and wanted to kind of touch base with the group. We caught the end of Social Sunday, but not. Uh, this was uh, my girlfriend and I to clarify the week. Mm-hmm. But uh, so we we stopped by for the afternoon. We saw the beginning of Nick's trial, which of course turned into a circus, and we ended up wandering off once the uh, once it went to the secret chamber. But um. I think I was more. Uh, that, that part was uh, pretty unintentional uh, on the civil disobedience side of things. You know, they got caught up and really had no intention of being locked up. I'm a little confused that. as to what uh, you're what you're getting at. Of, I'm sorry. I'm I'm a, I'm a little lost here as to what you're what okay. you're getting at. Uh, I was simply clarifying that uh, Nick and David didn't intend to uh, disobey. They kind of the police kind of did it for them. Just by being present there. Well, they hadn't gone in that day with the intention of being disobedient, but when they arrested uh, Sam Dodson from the Obscured Truth Network, uh, one of our co-hosts on this show and a a documentary filmmaker, uh, when they arrested Sam, that was when they decided to go ahead and and remain there despite the police's order to disperse. Yeah, I don't think anybody intended to, Sam included. I think it was just... I think Sam expected that he would probably get arrested for bringing the camera up into the courtroom. That's why they arrested him, because he did have a camera, and they supposedly have a rule against it. It it seemed to me like he wanted to challenge them, you know, about that order, the the supposed order that actually wasn't signed, and and get all that on film, and and then, you know, uh, but I don't don't know, you know, kind of, I think he he seemed surprised to me when they actually... Uh, I remember talking to him beforehand, and I remember him expressing that he was... You know, pretty much expected them to arrest him oh, okay. for for having the camera, um, because they they had arrested uh, Dave Ridley, another um, filmmaker. They arrested him uh, just a month earlier for the same exact thing. Okay. So uh, go ahead there with your with your thoughts, caller. I think moreover, I'm just kind of curious of the uh, the overall goal of uh, certain acts of civil disobedience. Uh, for example, uh, Jesse chose to till up the garden there in Central Square. Of uh, was there any I'm not really seeing what what that accomplished. Really. Well, you're talking about the illegal kind of... gardening event uh, where 
what had occurred prior to that was the city council had voted to give 5,000 taxpayer dollars to a co-op, a privately funded co-op that uh, had gone to the city council and had begged them for uh, for money, and they they ponied up. They to gave do a study whether or not a co-op was possible. Right, right. feasibility study. Which would study. have put the farmers, which likely will put the farmers market out of business over there. Uh, but there is know. that factor too, and so Jesse decided that in response to the city council's uh, favoritism toward this particular company, uh, that he would go ahead and show that you don't need five thousand dollars to do a feasibility study to figure out how to. To uh, have a garden, you just need to go out and plant the yep. damn garden. Let's have a community and, garden. We'll start right here. Right. So that's what he did. He went to the Central Square here in Keene, New Hampshire, okay. and he brought a hoe with him and some dirt and, and some a seeds rifle. and a rifle, and because it is <laughs> New Hampshire, and you can do that. Um, but uh, and and he started. He began hoeing the ground and and was arrested for that. So it was really a statement uh, counter to what the the council had done. It was it was really more I, of a political statement. Yeah, it, I, it bothered me a little bit only because I don't think a co-op. I mean, yes, people garden and and stuff for co-ops, but a co-op isn't that. A co-op is is when people come together to trade goods, you know, and yeah. get, and get, buy goods in bulk and things like that. It, it was, yeah, it, was, it certainly wasn't perfect civil disobedience. I give him points for poetry. Um, I'm, you know, not. He's looking at jail time for it. I'll tell you that. So yeah. when they did arrest him, and he's facing, I think, three days in in jail. Uh, and he is, I, I believe, he is planning to appeal that. So does that answer your question? I think uh, it's more of a when you say a perfect civil de- disobedience, what would that accomplish for you? How would that be a step towards uh, more liberty? Oh, a perfect civil Hampshire? disobedience? What, what's a perfect? What do you? When did? I'm sorry, Mark who are you talking wasn't. to about a perfect civil disobedience? I guess he's asking me. Oh. I think Rosa Parks. Um, here, I'll give you the example of Rosa Parks. She did what could be arguably be called perfect civil disobedience. She was an older black woman who, uh, you know, didn't give up her seat because, uh, you know, on the bus be- to to go to, to the back and uh, to the back of the bus. She was trained. She was a trained civil disobedience. She had gone to several classes. There had been a couple of cases, and I read one of them um, on the air here at at one point of people prior to that who had done the same thing, but they the the civil the the civil rights movement didn't get behind them because they weren't perfect incidents. So for one, there was this uh, girl who was uh, pregnant, uh, you know, young girl pregnant, who decided she wasn't going to do it. They let her, you know, spend her little time in jail for not doing it. So there's, um, you know, there's sort of better and worse as far as from a PR standpoint. I don't know if that answered your question. Was your question so about the, what so has... The, the main goal of civil, civil disobedience is uh, just positive PR for a, a given movement? Oh no, I don't think that's uh, that's necessarily the main goal. I mean, I think you'd probably have to talk to each individual civil dis. I think you'd have to talk to each individual civil disobedient as to what their goals are. But I think generally the idea behind civil disobedience is to is to break an unjust law, to break it publicly, to show how it is unjust, and yes, to gain some publicity from it, whether it's good or it's bad. You will gain publicity, but to bring attention to that issue, to uh, specifically to bring people's uh, discussions at the at the workplace or, uh, or with their families to the issue of whatever it is you're you're being disobedient about and to uh, to promote discussion so that maybe things can move in the right direction eventually and 
and have change uh, change occur. And I, you know, I think a civil disobedient is happy whether they are allowed, whether they get away with it or not. Uh, generally, I mean, either way, it's a win for the for the disobedient because if they go into the disobedience and they're arrested, they win because the case gets publicity and all the things you know, good things tend to come from that publicity. Uh, and if they aren't arrested, as uh, one man wasn't this week, who and we didn't get a chance to talk about this last night, but yesterday, a man walked into the Manchester Police Department holding a bud of marijuana in his hand, much like one of our other uh, activists here in Keene did a few months earlier. The guy in Keene was arrested. This guy was in the police department telling them he wanted to get a meeting with the police chief, standing there holding his marijuana out. They let him stay there in the police department's lobby for a half an hour before he just decided to leave. Nobody ever came out to talk well, to this if guy. He, if, if Andrew had decided to leave after half an hour, then he wouldn't have been arrested either. It was only about 20 <laughs> minutes for Andrew, but this uh, guy was there for 30 to uh, 45 okay. minutes before he finally left, and he was they're in the late. police yeah. department's lobby, yeah. Andrew was out in public somewhere else. So, uh, so, so this guy didn't get arrested. And my point is, he was it was still successful because he didn't get arrested. Then he's showing them for uh, for being hypocrites that they have this law on the books that they're arresting people for right and left. But here they are with the marijuana shoved in their face and they're not doing anything. So I, I don't know. I think it depends on what the disobedience goals are. But in general, either way, it turns out is a success. Does that answer your question? I believe so. All right, thanks the for the thing I learned from watching that uh, the courtroom unfold uh, is just the giant uneven application of the uh, the rules and regulations that they Oh come yeah. Up with every oh day. yeah, absolutely. The rules oh. apply to us but not to them. You're right. Thank you for the call and uh, glad you came out here to visit and there's a lot of uh, great opportunities for activism of all to- uh, sorts here in New Hampshire. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. We've got archives. Uh, If you've missed a moment of the show, they're all there, right there on the front page for your downloading convenience. They go back for an entire year. Take them. Use them. Give them away. Try selling them. I don't know if that's going to work for you, but... You can try it, uh, because I, I'm just not into that whole intellectual property thing. But some people are. Some of the uh, competition in this business is very much so interested in the uh, the concept of intellectual property. I think ideas should be free, and uh, that those people that have the best ideas will inevitably end up getting paid for them. They'll figure out a way to uh, to make money off of coming up with those ideas. And I'm not saying I've got the best ideas in the world. Most of mine are, are, are well, the ones that I have are pretty good, but I borrowed them from people. So I didn't originate uh, many of the ideas that you hear on, on this program. But the, what I want to talk about is one of the competitors out there in this talk radio business. And, well, I guess he's not really much competition at the moment. Uh, his name is Tom Likas. And maybe if I use his name in the show description tonight at freetalklive.com, he'll sue us too. Because he's sued somebody. Now, Tom Likas hosts a a talk show, or hosted, he's currently out of work. Uh, Tom Likas hosted a talk show called The Tom Likas Show, where uh, he had features like, and I listened to this when I was growing up in uh, Sarasota, Florida. I've listened to The Likas Show and Tom Likas Show, and I was was entertained. I'm I'm not saying he does a bad show. Not saying that at all. Uh, I was entertained by his show. I listened regularly to it. 
Um, but it's one of those kind of hot talky shows yeah. where it's very Blow me up, baby. Very um, sex oriented, uh, TNA kind of style content. You know, morning show, morning zoo kind of content, except in the afternoon, and really focusing on relationships and and that hot talk style where it's not really about any significant issues of significance beyond uh, men interacting with well, women. His shtick seems to be uh, largely. Uh, sort of centered around men getting mistreated by women in the in in the court of law, and mostly that's in California. So I've always wondered why it like it certainly it's unfair. I think men get mistreated in a lot of cases. Yeah, uh, but it's uh, most of what he's talking palimony for God's sakes. I mean that doesn't happen in most states. Well, he also has what he calls I think it was what was it Lycus 101 where he teaches men how to uh, you know take advantage of women or something like that. I don't know. You know, get laid on the first date or something like that. That's kind of that's the kind of content this guy has. And so, according to Radio Info, radio-info.com, there's been a lawsuit filed, and he's gotten his way. Tom Likas had its desired effect, the lawsuit, he had his desired effect from the lawsuit. It forced fellow talker Brian Whitman to shut down his parody podcast that mimicked Tom Likas. And the the podcast was called Fake Likas Podcast. The website was fakelikespodcast.com or something. I, th- I believe that's what it was because I went to go and look for it to see, well, did they really take this down? And yes, they did. The site is completely down. You can't find anything on archive.org, so you can't really see what it looked like uh, pre- pre- previously. So you can't really you can't really tell what it was. So I've never actually been able to hear the guy's podcast. But apparently he's a really talented voice artist, this guy that was doing the Im- imitation of Tom Likas. And Tom Likas is one of those radio puker guys. You know, all the guys who's got a real kind of the uh, puke sound to his voice when it's on the air. And so I can imagine that this guy it's was branding. Just, yeah, well, I can imagine. Well, I don't know. A lot of a lot of radio guys have that kind of sound, but I can imagine this Whitman character was having a good old time parodying Tom Likas. Um, other talk show hosts have done this. Phil Hendry, who is another really talented uh, talker out there, was has been making fun of Tom Likas for years on his radio show. But I guess since Phil didn't launch his own website making fun of Tom Likas, Tom left him alone and went after this uh, Whitman character. LARadio.com says Lycus owns the trademarks to Tom Lycus, Lycus 101, and Lycus. Well, but you can. <laughs> there are people with the last name Lycus out there. He can trademark um, or uh, a uh, a logo or whatever because mm-hmm. that's a trademark. You understand? It's a mark of your trade. You can so Coca-Cola can trademark. The, the 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 script that white script within mm-hmm. the blue background or whatever, but they can't actually trademark Coca Cola. Is what my I understanding. Know, I, I, that, uh, it. I looked up trademarking once because I got challenged when I made a T-shirt with the flying spaghetti monster. Really? And, yeah. By the flying spaghetti monster people? No. Well, someone complained to Cafe Press. And Cafe Press was the one that clamped down, and 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 I think it was just an issue. Cafe Press was being ultra conservative about mm-hmm. about it. I looked it all up, and it did not fly legally. I mean, even though I'm not a lawyer, I was looking at it. There's no way that this was an issue. And uh, and even the person, the creator of the flying spaghetti monster, heard about it, and uh, he liked the design I did, and didn't oh, think cool. there was anything wrong with what I was doing. But the people, there was apparently someone who I had to, who was running the flying flying spaghetti monster store, and they. And I think they had a cafe press store. And the funny thing is, if you look it up, it's, they're all over. There's, 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 you can get flying spaghetti monster gear all over the place. Mm-hmm. But somehow I got targeted. I don't know what it was. And and but you're uh, saying but, that but trademark? You can trademark uh, like a a certain 
I think you can trademark certain words or, or well, it, it, the, the flying spaghetti monster is an idea and um it's the same idea so i think you could trade you could copyright yeah, you can't, that no you you can't trademark the, the you can't trademark like just a concept there has to be like a specific depiction uh you know uh of of something it, it can't just you can't just say for instance you know own the own a, you can't own an idea like a concept you actually have to have a like a specific rendition of a specific character or something can be trademarked a but trademark, not, you know. okay, here we go. According to Wikipedia, at least, a trademark is a distinctive sign or indicator used by an individual business organization or other legal entity to identify the products or services to consumers with which the trademark appears, originate from a unique source, and to distinguish its products or services from those of other entities. is a type of intellectual property that's typically a name, word, phrase, logo, symbol, design, image, or combination of these elements. So according to that... Uh, a logo can be trademarked, but also Mark Edge could be trademarked. But there are Mark Edges out there. I mean, I've looked up the the name on the internet. Maybe well, even the but most if someone fam- tried to use it to make money, if they tried to call their business, there's Mark a guy Edge, who makes you know. jewelry out there. And if you look up Mark Edge on Google, you will mm-hmm. find that before me, um, you will find a guy who makes jewelry. Well, the the, the story is he going to come after me? Well, the story doesn't get into um, the details, a lot of detail here, but. But it, maybe they are. Maybe what they're saying here is that Tom Likas can be the only radio Tom Likas. You know that that that's well, maybe that's why this is an infringement because this guy's that, doing radio and Tom Likas is doing radio and this guy's using Tom Likas's name to promote his podcast, which is a fake Likas podcast. That's what it was called. So it's not like he was trying to uh, pretend like he was Tom Likas. Well, and that's just it. Parodies are are protected as uh, are that's a protected form of speech as, uh, by precedent at least. So certainly legally you could argue uh, a parody, and that those have been traditionally protected um, in, in courts, as I understand. Well, according to the story here, the Likas character claims he, that by using his name the way he was, Whitman was violating Likas' trademark. Likas says, It is aimed at anybody who would try to pretend to be me. He was interfering in my commerce. Lycus's lawyer had sent a cease and desist order to Whitman last month to shut down the fake Lycus podcast site. The Lycus lawsuit, uh, apparently the lawsuit forced him to shut it down. It doesn't say specifically that the court ordered it. Maybe he got scared and decided to shut it down. Maybe he couldn't afford the lawyers that uh, that Lycus could. But, you know, I, I bring this up because it just shows that these... <laughs> I, I want to get a silly into, concept. It, it is silly, and I want to get into the details here and how we're different here on Free Talk Live because you can take our stuff. Go ahead and use the show name. I don't care. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it is Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com, where we give you the features free. So enjoy those on us. Unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for their sites, we give ours away. freetalklive.com. In fact, we're talking about one of those other hosts right now. I don't know. Do we have to pay him a royalty every time we mention his name? He's got it trademarked. Uh, Tom Likas is his name. If you go and look for the show, you probably won't be able to find it because I'm pretty sure he doesn't give you access to his show for free on his website. And he also currently doesn't have a job, so currently not uh, actually 
in any sort of uh, talk radio programming mode, this guy. But he is uh, he's a talented host. I mean, I've, I've, I've enjoyed listening to his show in the past. I just think he should be ashamed of what he's doing to another talk show host right now, and that is... He threatened another man with a lawsuit. In fact, actually ended up bringing the suit. They sent him a cease and desist first. He ignored that, apparently. And then they actually did bring the lawsuit. From what I understand, this uh, the Brian Whitman, the other guy, the man that's being sued, didn't, didn't actually end up going to court. He just pulled the site down because the lawsuit was filed, apparently. So he wasn't... He wasn't ordered to pull it down, but he was intimidated enough by the idea of having to go to court that uh, that he pulled it down. So whether this will continue going and they'll keep trying to go after this guy, I don't know. I just think it's sad, you know, that this guy, this Tom Likas, apparently doesn't have anything better to do than go after somebody who's making a parody podcast about him. I mean, don't you have something else that you could be doing with your time? You know, do some show prep. Or something like that? Well, he's not doing a show. Oh, people well, people yeah. resort to statism so they won't have to compete. But it's just so sad. I mean, I, I've talked <laughs> it, about on, it the, is, yeah. on this show, I don't believe in intellectual property. And people have called in to say, well, well, Ian, what if, uh, what if I decide to just launch my own free talk live? Okay, <laughs> go right ahead. Uh, in fact, it's already been done. There is a white supremacist group out there that is operating <laughs> a show with the same name as this one. How much worse could the scenario get? Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, are you going to launch a show and make fun of me? Great. Just give me more publicity. As far uh, as I'm I, concerned. They don't, uh, people don't realize that. They, you know, I, I actually wanted trolls on my side. I don't get enough of them. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I, I feel in a way. So actually, you're inviting I, them right I now? I kind of gave a, a really, you know, I gave a really brutal response to a troll recently on my board, on my, on my, on my thing. He's Your not site? really a troll. I mean, he claims to be a fan. And you mean the comments area of anarchyinyourhead.com? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like I, I want trolls because they, you know, that, that brews up traffic and controversy. That's sure. all great. When your when your main thing is your traffic, you know, when you want you want listeners on Free Talk Live mm-hmm. that helps you to sell ads. You know, I want traffic on my site that helps me my sponsors to make money and everything. The more traffic I get, and that which helps me. And so, you know, when your goal is to get your stuff out there, controversy is wonderful. I remember when you asked uh, Stefan Molyneux when you got a chance to interview him. He, you know, I don't think he likes to talk about it, but you, you sure. brought up the you know the accusations of, of I didn't of know that cult status yeah. and everything. Yeah, I know we. we uh, you know the accusations of cult status. He's like, how can we get some rumors like that going about Free Talk Live? <laughs> you know, and I, you know, hey everybody, someone... I'm the new Messiah. Follow me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, any that kind of controversy is wonderful for you know, and and you, if someone's parodying you. Yeah, you know, they say that imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Absolutely. It's probably a good promotion for Lycus. He, he shouldn't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's good for even well, for him to do that. Much less, uh, you know appropriate you know and uh you know and someone someone actually accused anarchy in your head of become, achieving a cult like is that right st- yeah one That's of the comments cool. one of the comments was said that anarchy in your head was getting cult like so you're a cult leader apparently because people were leaving to there uh, most of the comments were just people saying that it was really good you are charismatic so that, makes it, that makes it a cult if people just say, you know, if they're just leaving really good comments and just praising it, well, part that's of the, a, it's a cult. You know. Well, <laughs> one of the one of the uh, defining features of a cult is a charismatic uh, leader. leader. That's Dale. And 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 I supp- I assume that's what we're talking about here. So uh, so Lycus sues this other guy and he pulls down his website and I just think it's just a, a sad example of how the government's intellectual property laws are empowering vindictive people 
to stop progress, to stop people from doing what they want with their own time and their own money. It's not like Lycus had to pay for this guy's web hosting. He put up his own website. He did his own podcast. He uh, he did all of that stuff on his own. And as you point out, Dale, that's probably going to benefit uh, Lycus to some extent by just you know creating some controversy. And uh, he well, should... and, and people will hear about him. It's promo. It's free promotion. I mean, you have to pay for advertising normally. You got this guy who's fake Lycus or whatever. And again, since uh, you know, imitation sincerest form of flattery. It's probably promoting him. Well, now I don't know how much promotion we're getting from having a bunch of white supremacists out there doing a show by the same name. I don't really know. Maybe somebody will Google the the name and find the us the, our free talk live and and listen Very to strange, us. Strange, yeah. You know, maybe maybe we'll show them that bigotry is wrong and uh, that violence is unacceptable and that we're all human beings. And I, I think the, res- the the proper response to to bad speech. You know, if someone's going out there and saying things that aren't true or whatever, instead of trying to stifle them and shut them up and say keep them from speaking let them speak but respond to it you know respond to bad speech with more speech or ignore them you know? i think that you can choose yeah. one, one or the other i mean i don't normally talk about the other show out there that's by the same name but when it's when it's uh, when there's a when there's a discussion about intellectual property i do like to bring them up as a, as to point out that yeah, go ahead. Name your show Free Talk Live. Right. It clearly Spew has hate. not been ruining our business. No, we're doing I mean, okay. They, how long have they been at it? More than like four years, haven't they? We've been up right. here for three years. I know they were doing it when we were down in Florida. So yeah. if they're still at it, and you said they might be coming back, is that right? I I spot a you know I've got a Google alert that goes off from for my name or not my name but uh, Free Talk Live. And I do I do not have one for my name. I have one for Free Talk Live. I have one for Liberty Radio Network, and one for Free Keen. And so anytime somebody mentions Free Talk Live on their website or on their blog, it usually comes up on my radar. So I do see it pop up from time to time. There was a period of time where there's nothing happening because the mm-hmm. host killed himself, uh, killed his girlfriend or wife, and then offed himself. So Holy in the trailer, you know the the universe has we- a has a wonderful way of just kind of correcting problems on on its own. And so, can you imagine what would have happened if I'd spent a bunch of my time trying to do something about this? Right. A bunch like, of time and money going after this guy who well, ends up killing himself and his frickin' and his girlfriend in their trailer anyway. Right. I, I would have to spend time and effort copywriting or trademarking and going through whatever those governmental processes are like. Oh, don't worry, Hi- I got that taken care of. Hiring the lawyer. Oh yeah, you've trademarked uh, free talk live. I don't want somebody stealing stuff. Have you really? You've really gone and done something yes. like that? Okay, wow. whatever. Um, anyway, I don't know. I wouldn't even bizarre. know where to begin. What's wrong with it? I wouldn't use the government's. Yeah, oh, I did it. Sad. I did it quite some time ago. It's not sad anything. I mean, you, it, what it's, are you afraid of? I'm not afraid of anything. So why did you do it? Um, in case it gets abu- the show gets abused in some horrible way. Who's going to abuse me? Well, I don't know. Well, what are you afraid of? Um, I'm not afraid of what Lycus had going for him. I, I guess I don't understand your motivation. Um, to to make sure that uh, you know the intellectual property that is Free Talk Live does not get misused. What if a, a station manager decides that he doesn't want to uh, you know uh, play the commercials that air during our I'll show? I'll never know. Yeah, you could if we were big enough. How would I know? Um, we would be in the marketplace. Somebody would report it to us. We seems, would be able to monitor. It, What's that have to do with trademark? Radios, um, uh, what does that have to do with trademark? That's contract uh, infringement. Well, it wouldn't be um, it wouldn't be a trademark infringement if they decide to play the show that's not a that's you know in no way ours even though we do it um, because they didn't have a contract with us in the first place. I don't understand what you just said. Fine, man. I'm just trying to protect the show. 
So you're using a criminal gang and violence to protect the show. We were fine so. with that. Anyway, uh, so you know, I didn't give you permission to do that, Mark, because it just goes to show I don't care. Go ahead and you know fill out all the government paperwork you want. Um, I don't even remember where I was going with that. So there's this other show out there, and uh, and well, if I had spent my time on doing silly nonsense like Mark uh, did, apparently, if I had spent my time doing that and then trying to figure out how to hire a lawyer, trying to you know go after these people and threaten them and and go and file a lawsuit. I wouldn't have been able to focus on calling radio stations. I wouldn't have been able to focus on answering emails. I wouldn't have been able to focus on launching uh, you know, new features on the website and things like that. I would have been too busy focusing on creating this adversarial, uh, con- conflicting situation with somebody else out there that's just out there doing their own thing. Why would I want to waste my time with that crap? I hear you. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything, and this is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything, even in these remaining moments. Enough time for your call. You make it now, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. If you enjoy this program, you can learn how to promote us at promote.freetalklive.com. You'll find a whole list of things that you can do to help get Free Talk Live on the air on more radio stations, get Free Talk Live into more ears around uh, the Internet. And one of those things is uh, we've got our logo font. I mean, we've been talking about intellectual property. We don't own that font. It's just one of the the many, many fonts out there on the Internet. We just put some of the letters together and made it say Free Talk Live. So if you want to make your own Free Talk Live stuff, you can use the font. It's right there. Uh, we've got all kinds of flyers and promotional stuff all for you to use in whatever way you think is best. The, the show logo and vector graphics. Uh, head over to promote.freetalklive.com. Audible.com offers over 60,000 downloadable audiobooks, magazines, and radio shows for your iPod or MP3 player. You can try them out by downloading a free audiobook today at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. And I've said a couple of times on uh, the, the show that uh, Atlas Shrugged is unabridged at 82 hours. I'm wrong. It's unabridged at 62 hours. My mistake. It, but you can get Atlas Shrugged or any other book there at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. Before we continue with these calls, Mark, I want to clarify our discussion. I was shocked to discover what I thought was that you had trademarked Free Talk Live or something like that. You did not effectively rebut that uh, for me. We found out during the break that, in point of fact, you did not go through any governmental application process to do any trademarking of Free Talk Live. What you did do was send mail to yourself? Yeah, things are, you know, it's proving that we started stuff at different times and that the show is ours and that kind of thing. So that's it. You didn't go and app, apply, fill out forms or anything like that. I don't see any reason to do that okay. when you have uh, when you can, you know, sort of prove the the time frame that you've been doing things. Okay, I mean, so pretty clearly, I don't think anybody's going to argue that Free Talk Live is, uh, you know, the, your, your and my show at this point. Sure. Okay. I, I feel better about that now because I was shocked when I just when I when I thought I'd heard you say that you'd gone through some sort of governmental process. Anyway, let's continue with your calls. Just want to make sure we got that out there. But uh, you, uh, you could find out about a radio station that was playing uh, the the show without our knowledge. I mean, you, they have internet radios now. I listened to a uh, today. I was listening to Case Case Guy out of Dallas. 
So. Well, there are a lot of stations that don't have internet streams. There's that point as well. It wouldn't really matter if it's in a crappy little market. <laughs> anyway, let's continue here. You can bring up anything, and it is Zach in Washington. I wouldn't sue that station either, though. If they were running us without our permission, what am I going to do? Spend my time trying to stop them from doing that? Go ahead. Put us on the air. At least you're running our live ads. All right. More on the way here. Uh, Zach is in Washington, D.C. You're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind tonight, Zach? Ian and Mark, uh, I was wondering how much of an introduction you had gotten to objectivism. Not so much. Uh, people will call and talk about it from time to time. I know it's uh, something that Ayn Rand uh, put together, and I've read Anthem. Uh, I haven't read any of any of her other books. I've heard that objectivism is to objectivity as Scientology is to science. <laughs> <laughs> in some ways. In some ways. I've read up a little bit on well, it, and I've read Atlas Shrugged, and, and, I, and I follow it and listen to objectivists on YouTube and different things like that. So, Why do you well, ask? I don't know about the Scientology thing, but I am an objectivist, and if you're a voluntarist and a capitalist and you're interested in reason – then I would say there's a good chance you could be an objectivist as well. Well, why would it be then that uh, the uh, Terry Goodkind, the science fiction fantasy author, Mark, you look scared. Nothing good. I was just wondering. What uh, you're we saying. interviewed Terry Goodkind on this show, and he's a he's all for the war in Iraq, and he called himself an objectivist. Uh, a lot so, of objectivists. Uh, yeah, a lot of them are. The, for, in fact, the, the the sort of official Ayn Rand organization. I guess it's the one that she sort of left her legacy to or whatever, mm-hmm. um, is actually very apologetic about it. I shouldn't even say apologetic, but supportive of the war in Iraq. Yeah, that doesn't sound like anything I'd want to be associated with. What do you have to say to that? Well, what I would say was uh, you should get to talk to someone or listen to someone directly from the uh, Ayn Rand Institute, not someone from the outside. And, you know, objectivists can be in favor of using force if it's, you know, self-defense. So but they are, they they, are, they actually favor the Ayn Rand Institute, as I understand it, defended the the Iraq War. Uh, I think that's their their official position on it is that they defended the Iraq War, and it's not. And I mean, it's not defending force is understandable in in the appropriate context, but not you know not violating the the NAP, as I understand it. Objectivists do believe in the NAP, uh, actually, but they, yeah. but but there's a. Uh, but the, but using force in a collectivist the NAP manner. The is the non-aggression principle. It, what's shocking to me right. is is objectivists that, that defend that defend a monopoly style government on the basis of need. No, I don't think. Basically, they don't they don't uh, believe in coercive uh, funding for government through ta- uh, tax. But they believe in a monopoly form of government. Well, and they believe really in it. Be on the, and, the, and the arguments I always get from objectivists is is a, is a need based argument. And I can argue the need for God. You know, I could say we need God because uh, otherwise we will right. die when our bodies die. We won't go on and live forever. We need forever. the tooth fairy. Somebody has to give us but money. As, right. But as voluntarists, I mean, you do believe in self-defense. Yeah. And you do, you do believe in uh, protection agencies. Yeah, non-monopolistic Mark, ones, yes. Mark would not call himself a voluntarist. I can see him getting ready to in, input his right. disclaimer Well, here. I think it's just an issue of terminology because what they call a government is not funded by coercive taxes. It's essentially a protection agency, and what they call it a monopoly, They what they mean is they believe that there shouldn't be a lot of 
Well, here's, I guess, my question for you, Zach, is why I would want to, I mean, I've already decided that voluntary is, it's a pretty good label. It's not the best. It confuses some people as far as... It's going to get corrupted, just like anarchy got corrupted. Uh, It it confuses some people as far as, you know, well, are you saying everything should be, uh, you should be volunteer cops and volunteer fire department? That tends to be one of the confusions uh, with voluntarist. Autonomist might be a little bit more accurate. But at least with voluntarist and autonomist, it's not a, uh, you know, a personality cult. It's not coming from one person necessarily. You can't really trace uh, voluntarism or autonomism to uh, Ayn Rand. It's, it's I mean, almost it's very dogmatic in a lot of ways. Well, I call uh, objectivism myself, is? Yeah, I call myself objectivist-ish. Because <laughs> I do agree with a lot of objectivism, and I think there's some excellent stuff to get from the philosophy that Ayn, that Ayn Rand talked about, but I, but I do see a lot of people sort of Following it religiously, which is which is ironic because they're very anti-religion, but uh, they do seem to almost make a sort of a cult out of. I don't want to call it a cult. That's it's such well, a knee-jerk pe- thing I to do, it, but you know they're very religious it just about. Appears it appears that way. I think it just appears that way to people from the outside, but it's it's to- it's very much advocating individual thought. And just because someone made that's a philosopher made a particularly large advancement and body of work, uh, just happens to be that. If you focus a lot on, you know, it comes from that person. But you're but, not giving me any persuasive reasons right. okay. to, uh, okay. because I'm already a voluntarist. Now you're saying, right. well, come over here and join the objectivist club. Why? Right. What's in it for me? Okay, here's the reason why. The reason, first of all, why do you want freedom to begin with? Uh, so I can live my life unmolested by people that would otherwise uh, try to control me? Right. Okay, so if you want that to be sustainable in the long run, you're going to, I think you're going to need more than just freedom. You're going to need reason as well. Okay. So, yeah, I, 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 Wait a I minute, Mark. Uh, no, don't, don't interrupt him. I want him to persuade me, and we're running out of time. So give me some reasons, what, your reason, et cetera. Continue. Okay. So, so basically you have voluntarists that may be faith-based and whatnot, but faith is very much in, uh, easy, e- easily invokes things like uh, uh, authorities, uh, coercion, Non-thinking and doing things by command is inherent. It's 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 very similar to faith. It, it it's doing things without thinking individually, having a, a rational reason-based mindset as well as protection agency, whatever. So wait a minute. Let me see if I'm understanding you. You're saying that I should not consider myself a voluntarist. That I should come into the objectivist camp because there are some religious voluntarists. No, I think you sh- I think you should look into objectivism more because I don't think first uh, just just to start off look into objectivism more because I don't think it rejects anything you currently have plus I believe it'll preserve and ensure what you want in the long run. Well, I, I don't see I how don't think it the, can do any of those things. I don't think objectivists don't have a monopoly on reason. They've been you know, I, their, their they, organization is getting less potent and maybe less that's powerful. Why he's trying to recruit me. Right. <laughs> I mean, there for some reason uh, objectivists had their big kick around uh, the 70s and that kind of thing, and now it's getting less and less influential. You know, I mean, I don't know what. What, what they're doing wrong, but it you know it's it's not going anywhere. It's not going up. I don't feel my when belief I, when system. When I say when I say faith, I'm not just talking about religion. There's many forms of faith that taking things by diktat or command or whatever. But having that is a doorway in to allowing other coercions. Do you, do so, you listen to the show regularly? I mean, do you get is that the impression you get from listening to the show that there are pe- that we're doing things based on faith? I mean, aren't we? I feel like a lot of the of, of where we're coming from, we talk about it from from a point uh, from a reason point of view. I mean, the the evidence shows we that are the reject, we're rejecting the uh, the common yeah. viewpoint of these 
I, I have to say, well, I have to be persuaded. I, I, I'm sorry, Zach, we're short yeah. on time. Call back. Uh, we'll, we can continue this discussion at a later time. Call tomorrow night, beginning of the show, or something like that. We can pick it up again. I thank you for the call tonight. Uh, I can't say I've been persuaded at all. All right, we'll see you tomorrow night. Online in the meantime, it has been Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can see us online at freetalklive.com. Join Dale at anarchyinyourhead.com. See you tomorrow night. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.